back and um, yeah, I think about that long. And um, I tell you, one reason I uh, it was like a magnet for me for the iTech was because they don't just think about things; they think about things, they envision things, and then they do them. And I, I like that. I want to be a part of some an organization that actually accomplishes things, but they don't just sit around and talk about it. And and that's the way they are. And uh, Advanced Three Hundred and Sixty is one of those things. Because uh, Jamie and I began to kick around some ideals, and, and it, I'm telling you, just a matter of days, everything you see Brian produced. Brian Reed is so creative, <laughs> and we're so blessed to have him as a member of our church. And, and I think it probably didn't take him an hour or two. How long, Brian? One day, maybe? I don't know. He's so quick, I'm telling you. <clears throat> that's what Steve said. It's such a blessing. The timing of Brian going to iTech was so just a God thing because it was at the, the, the birth of all this, this the, the world we're living in today. You know, the social media and all the, the things that, that you see now, it was about that time that Brian went, and he just fits well, so well into iTech. And so I just want to lift up a personal word of thanks to Jamie and the team at iTech and helping us put this together. And for Brian, and I want to ask Brian to come up and, and share a few words with his home church, and then uh, we'll get on with our service. So thank you for being here today. You're the man. Thank you. Thank you, David. Uh, I just want to thank you guys so much um, for hosting the Advanced 360 conference. It was through missions, uh, not a missions conference, but actually going on a missions trip that got me involved in, in ministry. Uh, I remember going with this church. It was before Karin and I actually joined the church. We went with you guys to Belize with Kent and Marion Fuller. And uh, we went, and it was a construction and VBS, uh, the construction part. Um, I'm not construction. I would lose a finger. Or a toe. Uh, and VBS at the time, we, we didn't have kids yet, so I didn't like kids. So I was like, don't do that. Uh, so I asked Bill White. Bill White headed up the, the trip, and I said, Bill, um, could I bring my camera, much different camera than I use now, can I bring my camera and use it to tell a story, to film what's going on, so we can take it back and maybe, you know, show the church a video or something about what's going on? He said, absolutely, Brian. And if you know Bill, he says that word, absolutely, how he says it. Um, but no, it's, it's great, uh, to be here, be back. This is my first time back since you guys have been in here. I think I visited about a week before you moved in and wow, you are moving on up like the Jeffersons, man. It is awesome. You know, you got everything. The Awana square, it's not inside the sanctuary. You can actually keep the chairs here. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And the churches have combined since we left, and that is remarkable. You don't see that. You usually see them break up and go in different directions, but combining two churches, that's remarkable. You don't see it anywhere. Yeah, let's have a round of applause about that, too. Um, Karin and Susanna couldn't be with us today. They are in Florida still. My mother-in-law just sold her house. She still lives in Birmingham uh, to a much smaller house. Um, she is going to move there probably next week or next two weeks, so she is homeless. And so she's staying with us right now, um, and it's been good to have her there. So, but Karin will be up uh, in a couple of weeks. I will be going to Thailand for a conference, and so Karin and the kids are going to come up, and they'll be here. Uh, so make sure you call them, invite them over, go see them. She loves you guys so much, misses you guys. Um, she'll be here for Easter, so thank you. Um, I just want to share a little bit about what's been going on with our ministry since, um, since the last time I've been here. And I think the last time I was here um, was when I introduced iFilm to you, which was about four years ago. 
Uh, so four years ago, we, we decided, hey, we want to do this training program called iFilm. And we needed to go and do the research of how to do it. So we went and spent four weeks in Ecuador, and you guys were a major part of that. We came here, and you guys supported us in going, our whole family. And through that, we were able to develop this program that we can do in one week. We can train indigenous Christ followers in one week how to film, edit, and distribute their videos. Because now every, everybody is online. They are on the Internet, and they are sharing videos. Everyone is on Facebook. Everyone is on YouTube. So who has not seen a YouTube video? It's easier to raise your hand that way. Who has never seen a video on YouTube? Everyone, right? So with a platform like YouTube, we now have the power, just like a CNN or a Fox News, we have a voice that we can click upload and people can see the videos and the stories that we want to tell. So that's what we're, that's what we're telling these, um, these Christ followers. That's what we're teaching them through iFilm. So iFilm, I can't even work this tech. Okay. <laughs> I need my phone to do this. So iTech, uh, you can see here, and it's really over the last two years that we've really been involved in iTech. And since we started, I mean, the requests have just rolled in. We are becoming one of the more requested tools at iTech. So this is just, uh, I think, 13 countries before we've been. 13 countries, 14 trainings, and 160 students. You guys are part of that. 160 students now are making films. They're making videos. They are sharing their testimony. They are sharing people in their villages' testimony. Right? They are sharing the gospel with people on Facebook, on YouTube, through Twitter, and WhatsApp. Right? WhatsApp, like Joshua talked about yesterday, huge everywhere else. Um, and also, I point out something else in this picture besides that I'm, I'm taller than everybody else here. This was in Paraguay. Uh, I know how Brent Mizell feels now. Um, over here on the, on the right-hand side, on the far right, that's Henry. So Henry was one of my very first students in Ecuador when we did that pilot training. Henry went with us to Paraguay to become a trainer. So now Henry trains in iFilm, and he works at iTech Ecuador. So now I have worked myself out of a job in South America, which is what we are, we are called to do, we are supposed to do. If I'm doing my job right, then I don't have to go back. Because I have taught someone. I have made a disciple of, of what we do in iFilm. So now Henry has already had a training there. And if we need a training in Brazil, Henry can go. We need to go back to Paraguay. Henry can go. He speaks the language. He knows the culture. So it's really remarkable how God is using iFilm. We need more trainers. You see this list here. Malawi, Burkina Faso, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Kenya, Papua New Guinea, and Haiti. That's just... This coming, coming up this year, right? So we have two other trainers at iTech. Uh, Dan, I want to mention Dan. So Dan Candle now works. We have another staff in our department at the media department. So everything you see wasn't just me. We have a department now. So that's why we were able to get it out so fast, is that we brainstorm and we work together on putting this, these materials out. But Dan just returned uh, from Nigeria with a training trip. And, um, and Jim Tingler, some of you have met him. He has trained in iFilm now, so he is going to train uh, in Burkina Faso uh, later this month. Actually, I think they leave next week, and uh, I will be going to Zimbabwe. I have a conference that I'll be attending in two weeks in Thailand. It's a media conference, 
and we'll be sharing about how to use YouTube as a mission field. But all that said, we need more trainers, like Stephen, who was in here. We need Stephen to go and train. I talked to him yesterday. We need my tech nerds in the back, right? We got two video guys back there, Van and Josh. We need guys like that to go and to train. But not just with iTech. We need them to go and train on their own. We need the church. You know, you guys have partners. You don't need, have to use iTech. You can use the tools that we have. You have the personnel to do it. So, I have a video that I want to share with you guys that we made. Uh, I want to point out a couple of things with it. Uh, one thing, this was when we went on a training trip to East Africa uh, a couple of months ago. We went with um, Francis Bukachi and Hope Alive Initiatives. Uh, so this is a video about that. We did iFilm, iDent, and IC, and iMed there. So we had a lot of different trainings there. Um, a couple of things. One, this was almost entirely shot on an iPhone. Okay? Everything but the interviews and the aerials, and I even used the iPhone shooting the aerials, was shot on an iPhone. So this is how powerful the tool in your pocket is. Okay? So... Let's watch that. Right now we're here in Eastern Africa doing a training with iFilm, iMed, IC, and iDent with a partner, Hope Alive Initiatives, that we've been working with for several years. Hope Alive Initiatives uh, is involved in training churches in poor communities to reach out in a holistic manner, carrying out the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Now that we're in East Africa, we started to do the same training we did in Ghana to be able to help churches and believers who have a passion to reach their communities to use the tools that um, ITEC can uh, help us to partner with these churches so that they can have tools and skills to be able to reach out to meet the needs of their respective communities. I was trained in IC, and it was interesting to learn the challenges that can come when you have eye problems. And just going through the class helped me. I was, uh, I was able to get help to get reading glasses. But also working with people in the community, we were able to pray with them. Uh, we led quite a number to Christ in the past two days. Uh, some of them, they go to church. But they don't know the gospel very well. So having time to explain to them what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and how do you become a disciple, they're able to pray the prayer of repentance and know the Lord. This week during the training, I was in the iFilm training. And it's a skill I'd, I'd, I'd never... I've taken photos on my, on my Android phone, but I never imagined I could film. Uh, so I've learned a new skill. Our trainer made it very simple, very doable. Uh, so yes, I can make a film, I can upload a film, uh, I can share what God is doing in our community.
will have a great impact on our community. Basically, we've had church leaders come for this training. Some with a bit of health background, others completely without. And as they do home visits, as they serve people in, in our communities, they'll be able to help them manage some simple uh, issues. But also, that spirituality is a key factor in health for us. It's not just medicine. And they'll be able to pray. They'll be able to share the love of Christ. They'll be able to do deliverance. And so in a holistic way, uh, people will receive good health. During this training, we had three days in which the community came in for dental services. And it was awesome. Uh, so that was an awesome service that I know, uh, an awesome skill they've received that I know they'll use to serve the communities. The Bible clearly teaches that we are supposed to love our neighbors, we love ourselves. And Jesus, the Bible also says that Jesus grew in favor with God, favor with man, physically and also uh, mentally. So people have needs in all those areas. And one of the ways to create pathways for the gospel is to meet a need that people have. You will have the opportunity to pray for them, you have the opportunity to share the gospel, will have opportunity to develop relationships because you are meeting them in a place they feel that they need help. The great thing about a training like this is not where we start, but what we have when we end. There's a lot of trips where teams go and do medical or dental or eyesight services for a short period of time and help a lot of people. The great thing about this training is that when we leave, we have left people who are trained who love the Lord and are able to continue to minister to their community long after the training team is gone. And if you're here uh, visiting with us, um, we're thrilled to have you today. All the Advanced 360 guys, we're, we're thrilled you're a part of our service today, and, and we're learning about how the Lord is spreading the gospel around the world, and that's the most important thing. Um, but Brian, I need to go on the trip for two reasons with you. Number one, I need to learn how to use my phone. And number two, I want to pull a tooth, man. That was awesome. <laughs> Yank that baby out of there. Wouldn't that be fun? All right. <laughs> well, it's good to see everybody today. We want to uh, open our time this morning uh, in the Word. And so I'm going to ask that you stand, and we're going to read Psalm 96 because we're here this morning, obviously we're hearing about how the Lord is, is um, moving the gospel around the world, um, but we don't want to forget why we're here, right? And that's to worship the Lord who is above all the gods that man make up. And so, Psalm 96 is uh, the psalm for our consideration this morning. Uh, look with me uh, together. It says, Sing to the Lord... A new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. 
For great is the Lord. Do you believe that today? Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And He's the only one to be praised. Man is not to be. He is. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before Him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar in all it contains. Let the field exult in all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. Before the Lord, for He is coming, for He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in His faithfulness. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word. You know, guys, He's coming back. And uh, the Bible tells us that. First Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us He's coming for His church. He's coming for those who are in Christ. And so the greatest uh, opportunity that we have is to share, just like the, the psalm says up in the beginning, the good tidings of His salvation. We need to share that with the nations of the earth. And so that's why we're gathered here this morning is to remember that all of us, all of us who, who are in Christ... And if we had an opportunity this morning, it wouldn't be awesome to hear how every one of you came to know Christ, if you belong to Him. But you know, you have an opportunity, and I have an opportunity every single day, as God brings people into our lives, to share about the good news of Jesus Christ. And so I just wanted to remind us of that today. God does provide those opportunities. Let's pray that that we'll step through that door and be faithful to share about the one that changed our lives, and that's Christ. Let's pray uh, together this morning. Lord, we just want to thank you so much for who you are. As the psalmist says, Lord, you created the heavens and the earth. It's amazing. You spoke them into existence. And, 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 and the earth and the Milky Way galaxy, as we were reminded Wednesday night at Awana, just a dot. And yet, Lord, on this dot that we live on um, are so many people. And, and literally billions that, that haven't even heard your name. And um, we don't have to go around the world to see that. We're, they're in our schools today, um, and they don't know your name. Um, they haven't heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I remember I was introduced to the gospel of Christ when I was a young boy. And um, I heard it over and over and over and over again, and to think about, Lord, I'm 53 years old and how many times I've heard the gospel and to think that there are, are people around the world that have never heard it one time. And so I just pray that you would put it on our hearts, Lord. Please put it on our hearts. To not only uh, engage in terms of praying for these missionaries who, who are represented here today, um, Lord, to be able to give to, to the work that they do is a privilege. But Lord, help us to be involved ourselves. As we move through life each day, as we're going, Lord, that we would share the gospel of Christ. And as we're going, that we would make disciples. And so we love you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for the awesome opportunity we have um, 
to worship you today. And I pray that that is done in a way that honors and pleases you. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Uh, You know, the Lord is our strength. He's the one that does it. But he's called us to be a part of that. And that's what this song is about. It says, you've called me higher. So listen to the words. just sit I could just sit and wait for all your goodness hope to feel your presence I could just stay I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you hope to feel something again I can hold on, I can hold on to who I am and never let you change me from the inside. I can be safe, oh, I can be safe here in your arms and never leave, oh, never let these walls down. You have called me higher, you have called me deeper. You have called me higher, you have called me deeper, and I'll go where you will lead me, Lord, you lead me. Yours for all my life, so let 
Well, good morning, church. It's great to be back with you. It's my privilege this morning to introduce our speaker of the morning, Mr. Francis Bucacci. Now, I could leave it there, but I'm not going to. I asked Francis if there was anything that he wanted me to cover, and he said, as the Spirit leads. I'll try to keep it short. But before I introduce Francis, let me say thank you to the, to the partners who came, and thank you to this church for hosting the Advanced 360 Conference. If you participated and you enjoyed it, and you learned some things, help us to promote this. And you can do this by simply going to your Facebook page, then linking over, we did Facebook Live yesterday, we had over a thousand people check in on the Facebook Live. That's pretty amazing from Birmingham, Alabama, that a thousand people as far away we know as Paraguay were checking in to watch. So you can go on there, share the Facebook Live on your Facebook uh, page. So Francis. Francis is a Kenyan who was a missionary to the Somalis who were living in northern Kenya, and then he and his wife Pamela began a ministry over in Ghana as mission, Kenyan missionaries sent to Ghana to raise up leaders within the, the Ghanaian church. And then after three years of raising them up and training them, they turned the ministry over to them and went back to Kenya. And now there are ministries that their Hope Alive Initiatives is working on in various countries. Burkina Faso, where our team will be partnering with them next week, as well as Ghana, Kenya, Mozambique, and Malawi. And I'm sure that's just the tip of the iceberg of where they're going to be going. Francis is not only a good friend, but he's a great partner. I've told Francis before, I said, Francis, all you have to do is say where and when, the answer is yes. And he's taken that to heart. But one of the neat things about Francis is Francis understands that dependency is debilitating, not empowering. So you have an African man who is teaching Africans that dependency on the West does not empower. It debilitates. So we can't have that. Now, in September, we were in a, at a conference together called Global Missions Health Conference Africa in Nairobi, Kenya. And we're always together at that conference. And afterwards, we did a training with Francis and, and people from five different areas of Kenya. And then on Sunday, we were going to fly out Sunday night late. And so we went to Francis' church, Francis and Boaz. And we, the church service was just starting and Francis walks in. So the music is going and, and the service is underway. And he stops by he says, Jamie, you're preaching. <laughs> now, I should have done that this morning to Francis. But I gave him two days heads up. And I know you'll enjoy it. But Francis, as you hear him speak, Francis is a man of God. The things that come out of his mouth, every time I listen to Francis, I say to myself, why were we not videotaping this? Fortunately, this morning you have a great team, and we will be videotaping this, but without any further time, let me introduce to you my friend, 
my partner, Francis Bucaccia. Okay. Thank you very much. Good morning. It's not yet noon day, so I can greet you. Good morning. Um, first of all, I want to thank God for the opportunity to be here. This is my first time to be in this state, to be in this church, and to be here on this pulpit. So I really thank the Lord because I don't take it for granted. I believe God gives us opportunities in life and either walk into them or not. So I thank you for inviting our team to be part of this conference. Uh, we enjoyed it. This is the first time to go to a conference that focuses on technology only. And it's interesting because it makes me think because I'm a person who has been reluctant to be involved in technology because of my background. Having been involved in evangelism to Muslims, uh, because of security issues, I didn't like doing Facebook, Twitter, because when you communicate, it may affect some of your friends in these sensitive countries, and we don't want them to get into trouble because of me. So it's something I'm trying to learn. So thank you again for inviting us, and God bless you so much. I want us to go to Matthew 28. Uh, this was not my message, okay? But last night the Lord changed my mind. <laughs> and whenever the Lord changes my mind, I know there's a blessing coming. So I want to share Matthew 28, maybe in a different way that you've never heard. And I pray that the Lord will speak to your heart. Um, like he said, I come from Kenya, I'm married. I have four kids. The firstborns, they are 24 this year, not 23 this year. They are boys. They are twin boys. They're just finishing college. We have a 21-year-old that's going to university, hopefully, and then a 16-year-old that we adopted. Um, it has been great to serve the Lord in the mission field with my wife. We met together in the mission field. So it solves a lot of problems for me. Whenever there are challenges, I will tell her, you know, when I met you, the Lord had already called you. So let's pray about it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We never argue about the calling of God. We can disagree everything else except what God has said. Because he called us differently. Now the Great Commission is uh, an interesting... There are many ways to see it. So I want to focus the one on Matthew. Just to see and look afresh on what the Lord is saying. So we'll start from verse 9. Normally people will teach from verse 18, but I felt we needed to talk from verse 9. The Bible says, As they went to tell his disciples, Behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Now I want you to imagine what is happening. These women were at the tomb waiting. And then an angel comes from heaven, you know, and I think the angel is very noisy <laughs> because the security guards at the tomb got scared and they passed out. Because these angels did not come the normal way. They came with bright light. The Bible says they, their clothes were like, their face were like lightning. Their, their clothes looked like white snow. You know, in Kenya we don't have snow. <laughs> but I, I've seen snow. I can imagine the impact of this image that had on these soldiers. So the, all they did is they fell down. And they couldn't talk. And then the angel tells them, the women, 
go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. Okay? The message we share is not a message of a dead person. And sometimes I have seen people share the gospel as if Jesus is a dead person. He's not. Actually, I normally tell people Jesus is not just alive, he's very powerful. I have seen it with my own eyes. I've seen people being delivered, people being healed. You know, you are praying for someone in faith, hoping that God will touch them, and he touches them. I think, remember the training we had? Uh, we were doing a dental outreach during the training, and there's this girl started manifesting demons. So someone, a pastor, had to go and pray for them. And this is a pastor I never knew. He was attending the training to learn dental extraction. But he got his opportunity. He called the, this family, the mother, together. They went to pray for this girl. So you will see such things in the mission field. Our Lord is alive and is not weak. Yeah. Many people try to present Jesus as a gentleman. He was a gentleman. But he's not now. When he was on this earth, he was the Lamb of God. I remember a friend in our church reminded us, the Bible is very specific. God knows English. He's the Lamb of God. He's not our Lamb. He was God's sacrifice for us to satisfy his holiness and his mercy. So that's the Lamb of God. But for us, the Bible says he's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And he knows how to roar. Okay? If you want to know how to roar, a lion roars, come to Kenya. When they are feeding them and you get close, they'll make a lot of noise. The earth trembles, literally. Come and try it. Even for Kenyans, it's shocking because you get afraid and they're just eating. <laughs> so the Bible says, the Bible says that Jesus is not just, the Bible says the enemy Satan is like a lion moving around trying to roar. Jesus is not like a lion. He is the lion. And, and lions are noisy. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you. This is, I want you to imagine what is happening this day. The resurrection story is powerful because it affected the soldiers, it affected the women, and it affected the disciples that day. Everybody who met Jesus that day realized something had happened. So they rush, they run away from the tomb. When the angel tells them to run away to go to Galilee, you will meet him there. These are very important principles in missions. Jesus repeats again, go and tell my disciples, don't be afraid, let's meet in Galilee. Why Galilee? Because he, he died and rose from Jerusalem. Why was he specific go back to Galilee? Because Galilee was the headquarters for his ministry. Jesus was based in Capernaum. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, the land that dwelt in darkness have seen a great light. Galilee was a place full of Gentiles. Okay? So Jesus was specific. This commission, you will hear it when we go back where we started together. Because Jerusalem was a place for the Jewish people. You know, it, was, it was a religious holiday when Jesus rose from the dead. The Passover had just happened. People are still around celebrating. He said, no, let's go back to Galilee where I, I worked with the Gentiles. One of the things Jesus worked in, uh, in, in, uh, in Galilee, I had, from my own mission thinking, Jesus knew three languages. He could speak Hebrew because he read Hebrew in the church, the synagogue. He could speak Aramaic, the local language. And it's known he could speak Greek because some of his friends were Greeks. So you can see Jesus modeled a missional life by where he went to stay. He was born in Bethlehem. 
raised up in Nazareth, but when he chose his ministry, he went to a place to model it. That the disciples need to know languages because you can't reach people if you don't know languages unless you translate them. And that's why you find that for those of us who cannot translate, the Lord allows us to use technology. Because people have to hear the love of God in their own language. Then it makes a great impact. So he tells them, let's go back to Galilee. When they reached there, the Bible says, the women came in verse 9. Jesus told them, rejoice. Because they'd been sad for three days. And then he tells them, they fell down and worshipped him. Okay? And then jump to verse 16. When he arrives in Galilee, the 11 disciples had been mobilized. They went to Galilee. That means they had to walk from Jerusalem. There was no public transport. To Galilee. Galilee is not near. I don't know how they went and made it the same day. Because Jesus talked in the morning and in the evening they had to meet in Galilee. I don't know how they got there. It's a long distance. But when they met him in verse 17, the Bible says when they saw him, they worshipped him. I believe missions is born when we see the Lord as he is. And this one comes through worship. As we spend time with the Lord together or alone, worshipping. The Lord can reveal himself as the son of man. That's the easiest way he reveals himself because he identifies with us. But there are times he can reveal himself as the son of God with his full glory like the book of Revelation. In all the stories, in the, whether it's the book of Revelation, John, when he saw Jesus in his full glory, his face was brighter than the sun, his eyes was full of fire, his legs are bronze. You know, I always imagine the picture. All he did was fall down. Okay? Because submission, humility, or surrender is the only way to respond to our God. These women, Jesus appeared as the Son of Man. Okay? He just resurrected. He, didn't have his, he had a glorified body, but he, had not, he didn't show them everything. But they still did what? Worshipped him. So I want to encourage you. I don't know where you are with the Lord in your life. One of the ways to activate your mission or call is to start spending time with the Lord. Just worship him. For the last two years, that's one of the journeys the Lord has been teaching me. Yeah. I'm a prayer. I, I like praying a lot. I'm an intercessor by calling, so I pray a lot. But two years ago, the Lord started challenging me. I wanted to start waiting upon me. And when you're waiting, you don't make noise. You wait. Now, this is the most difficult Christian discipline today. Because you wait, and sometimes it doesn't tell you what you're waiting for. You put off your phone, or these days, if you have soaking music or worship music, just sit and wait. And over the last two years, I started changing. Because what happens, you start becoming aware of the Lord. You become aware of his heart. You become aware of his feelings. You start flowing in compassion. Okay? Sometimes you'll be praying for people, and I start crying. And I used to ask the Lord, why am I crying? He says, no, it's not you. I'm sharing my compassion with you. To feel what I feel. The Lord is always broken with the challenges in the world today. He's full of joy. He's joy. But in his heart, he still has space for broken lives. Everywhere in the world, when there are wars, families broken apart, the Lord cries. But we need to have people who cry with him. One of the ways the, mini, the gift of healing flows in a person's life, Jesus said he had compassion, so he healed them. Compassion is a very key part of healing. And we have found that people have compassion 
tend to have healing gifts, either inner healing or physical healing. When they pray for people, the Lord does it because they are tapping in his heart. So I want to encourage you, learn to spend time. I know we live in a noisy world. Even in Africa, you know, if you can Nairobi, the buses make noise, boop, 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 you know, everywhere. You have to love to have a place where you can spend time with the Lord. The Lord will restore you. Worship has, I don't know how God uses worship, but one of the things he does, he uses it to restore, to heal, to recalibrate. Maybe your life is not aligned. The Lord will be able to align you. The Bible says for us to experience on earth as it is in heaven, we have to align with heaven. Whether it's in our families, in our ministries, in our callings, if you don't align with heaven, you will struggle in life. Because when you align with heaven, he releases grace. So I want to encourage you. This is a very important concept. The first thing they did in verse 17, even before Jesus gave them the great commission, they worshipped him. And we know as the Bible says, it's used as a small phrase, but it's a whole Christian discipline. We have to become worshippers. We have to learn to spend time with the Lord. There's a verse in the Bible that says in the book of Ecclesiastes. I can't remember the chapter. I know the Bible, but I don't remember verses. Hallelujah. It says like this. Don't be in a hurry to get from the presence of the king. Don't be in haste. Our Lord is the king. Don't be in a hurry to run out from his presence. He is the king. You are not. I always tell people, it's good to remember, he is God. You are not God. He is the king. We are not. So if I went to see our president, I will not be in a hurry to leave his presence. I would like to enjoy the moment, take the tea, whatever you ask to. We want to spend more time. But when it comes to our God, we don't give him time. Yet that is the biggest need in the church today. We need to learn to spend time with our God. Because hearing the Great Commission will become very easy. When he tells you I want to go to China, it's because you know the voice. I want you to go to this home to visit and pray. Because you are familiar to the voice, you will obey easily. Because spending time with him helps you to uh, know his heart, know his feelings. I always tell people, God has feelings. Just read the Bible. Bible Jesus, Bible says he cried. He felt compassion. He rejoiced. And sometimes in the Christian life, we forget that our God is our person with feelings. And he feels what we feel. One of the best communication in life is, not, is, not, is when we don't, you don't talk. hope you understand what I'm saying. Okay? Is when you sense the feelings of the other person and you do what they want without talking. That means you spend, you have fellowship. That's the primary call the Lord gives us in the Great Commission. They worshipped him. Uh, worship will clarify your mind. Your perspective becomes clear in the presence of God. Uh, I can give you a lot of stories. Like, example, when I'm traveling, I always pray. I have a calendar for one year. I'll pray, pray, pray. Tell God, okay, why do I need to pass here? What do I need to do? And sometimes the Lord will change the plans. Like, I had to pass through Florida for another meeting I had to go. And then a guy wrote to me, no, I would like to meet you. But we didn't know how to meet. I had not booked. So the Lord told me, you pass there. It was a one-day meeting but it was completely changed everything. We have to be sensitive in the small plans to the Lord to be sensitive to the big plans. I always tell people, if you want to learn to hear God, it's very easy. When you lose your shoe in the house or a pen, 
Don't quarrel everyone. Just kneel down and ask the Lord, where is it? He'll show you. He knows where it is. If you train yourself, it will be easy in a crowd for the Lord to show you someone you need to pray for. Because you learned how to look for his pen. It's a land habit. I always say none of us is born with it. We have to learn to grow in it. We have to learn to not just be related to God because he's our father. We have to become his friend. We are not called to be servants. That's not our primary calling. Our primary calling is to be called sons and daughters of the king. Servants is what we do for him because we love him. But being a daughter or a son is who I am. I, I, I don't have to prove anything to God. I don't have to prove anything. I don't have to do anything to become a child of God. He paid the price. But because he did it, he wants you to spend time with him. Just take time out. 30, no, if you can't do for one hour, I try to do one hour per day. Just take five minutes, ten minutes. Lord, I just want to focus on my mind. Let my mind be on you. I don't want any disturbance. You start uh, experiencing his presence because he's always around us, but we are not aware that he's present. So one of the things I tell people, you never tell the Lord that, please the Lord, Lord be with me where I'm going. He's always there. You need to change the prayer and tell the Lord, help me to be aware of your presence. It may be in the car, it may be anywhere where he'll manifest his presence just to show you I'm around. Don't be worried. Then missions become easy. So the second thing he did in verse 18, he told them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, this one I struggled as a new Christian uh, living among a rich people group. I had to learn their language. I had to learn their religion, read their Quran and everything. But it reached a point during my time of witness, I started doubting my faith. On the mission field, I almost backslipped. So I had a crisis. When I have a crisis, I pray. So I took two, two days to pray and fast. I tell the Lord, look, you didn't bring me here so that I lose my faith. Because I was being asked a question, can you prove to me that Jesus is God? Can you prove to me there are three gods? And I couldn't answer. Because the Bible, the Bible says it, but it doesn't explain it. We know God is three in one person. But it doesn't explain the details. So how do I explain it? That is a revelation that has to come to my heart. God has just to show you he not say anything. You just show you this is the reality. And as I was struggling, I remember the Lord led me to get a book from the Athanasian Creed. You know Athanasian Creed? So I started reading it for days. And I got an understanding why it's important for God to be three persons in one. One, because he's a holy God. He has to satisfy his holiness. So he releases his son to die for us. Not for us, but to satisfy his holiness. And to satisfy his mercy in one person. So that's why Jesus came. Then the third stage, he takes what he has done through Jesus to apply it in our lives through the Holy Spirit. So that's why we need the Holy Spirit. From that day, I never doubted my faith. And that was 25 years ago. I met more challenges. You know, you meet Muslim scholars, you argue a lot. But there's one thing I know. I know there is a living God. I can't explain it. But that's the time the Lord told me, this is real. So all authority comes from the Lord. Many times I've met people who struggle in sharing their faith or going to other places in the world. People have these questions. Why should I tell them how to live? Actually, you shouldn't be telling them. But because you have been given authority by the Lord, you have a right to tell them. So it's not your own authority. 
You're not going in your own name. You're not going to represent yourself. You're going to represent the Lord. And he says he has been given authority in heaven and on earth. That means there are things only through Jesus can affect the earth and affect the heavens. He's the only person who has that power. None of us has it. No human being has it. No religious leader in the history of man has power in heaven and on earth. But he says, because I've been given this all authority, go and make disciples. Now he says, go, therefore. That means there's something before. Because of the authority he has been given, we have a responsibility to go or to share or be involved in reaching out to people. I want to stress this one. Never go in your name. Don't go in your own authority. You will fail. But if you go in his name, he will back you up. Even when you're weak, when you're sick, when you're struggling, he will back you up because he knows you never went in your own name. Okay? We, missions, no, most of missionaries, we go through challenges. Some of them break people. I know missionaries who have really been broken. Kenyan missionaries, discouraged, get sick, yet to leave the mission field, burned out. And you struggle, was God in it or not? He was in it. Even in our weakness, he still has authority. And then he says, go there and make disciples. So there is a going. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the call to go to the nations. The nations had a call to come. Jesus, Israel was supposed to be a light to the nations so that the nations would come to him. But in the New Testament, he says, now we need to go because we have to reach the nations. We can go through technology as we learned this week. We can go in our neighborhood. The nations have come to every neighborhood. There's a time in Nairobi we had refugees from 20 countries. That was 1990s. So I remember my first experience in the city after I left the remote areas was to teach refugees English. And we had all kinds, people from 20 countries. And we are trying to challenge the church. They have come to our city. We have to reach them. Yeah, thankfully now we have Ethiopian churches. We have Sudanese churches. We have uh, Eritrean churches. We have Somali churches. But those days there were none. Churches had to lend space to churches from other communities because they can't afford to buy property. So a church decided to give some space to an Ethiopian church to meet in the afternoon, so they meet early. That's still reaching out. You're sharing what you have. Okay? So I want to encourage you, when the Lord says go, just say, get involved. Okay? The next thing he says, go and make disciples of all the nations. This is, I like this verse because it's specific. You know, you can count how many nations are there. And counting helps because you know who are lacking, who needs more help. That means the Lord is giving us a strategy. We need to know where people need help, where do you need to go and serve, because every nation has to be part of it. He will not come until we finish the job. I like encouraging people, you know, after more than 20 years in missions, let's not focus the bigness of the task. Let's focus on how God is big. Because God is using many ways to reach people these days. He reaches through people. In our country, when some refugees came, they'll come, they never seen Christian television, so they started watching television, they became Christians. He's using radio, he's using internet, he's using trucks, he's using Jesus feeling. He uses all kinds. The one I like most when he uses visions and dreams. <laughs> because this one, he does it for himself. And I have many, many people I know from northeastern Africa, I don't want to mention the countries, who came the Lord because the Lord appeared to them. I always like that because it means if we don't go, he will go. 
he will do it himself. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, because there was no one to bring salvation, the Lord said, I will do it myself. He said, I'll put on the garments and go and deal with the enemy to bring my people back. So I want to encourage you, just as you go, remember that it is part of his, uh, his, his identity. God loves all the nations. Okay? Like he said in Galilee, I'll meet you in Galilee. I like this one. When you reach there, he's already there. Because when they reached Galilee, Jesus was already there, waiting for them. As you go to the nations, you'll always find the Lord waiting for you. He'll give you the connections. He'll give you the right people. Uh, I always uh, like the principle of Matthew. The Bible says, when you go, look for men of peace. I can prove it to you. They're everywhere. However close the country is, you'll always find men and women of peace whom the Lord has prepared to work with you. And then he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a very interesting statement. But what does it mean? He says, in the name, not in the names, so he's one. <laughs> he says, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What it, my understanding that comes to me is, it means in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One of the things they share is na- their nature, their character, but also their fellowship. So when I'm baptized in his name, God is calling me to be part of his fellowship. We become part of his family. Jesus is the firstborn. But all of us are brothers and sisters. The Bible says he paid the price to inherit everything for us. So we don't have to work for it. This is very important because it goes back to what I say in the beginning. Fellowship. When you're baptized in the name of the Father and the Son, you're being baptized into his fellowship. I want to shock you something. Those are theologians here, but it's in the Bible. Have you ever wondered, before Jesus came, was there the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Yes. But when he came, something changed in the Trinity. In the Trinity, now we have a man. Is it true? We have Jesus is fully God and fully man. But for the first time after he came and died in the Trinity, we have a full human being. That represents us. Because the Bible says in Hebrews, he's like us. This, this, this changed my understanding of why the Lord is very important to us. So when we say the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus is a full man. He, and he says he's like us. He knows our feelings. He represents us well. The Father can experience us through him. Because the Father became human through the Son. You understand? But this is very important because it's not a, just a theological concept. It's a relationship issue. He becomes the firstborn. All of us become his children. None of us, we only say, we have had this statement, God has no grandchildren. It's true. All of us, wherever we come from, when we get born again, we become part of his family. We have access into the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit through the Holy Spirit. As Ephesians says, we can experience his joy. We can experience his peace. That's what I believe the baptism means. It's not just a formula. It's an experience God brings us into his family. In Ephesians, the Bible says, Paul says, I kneel down before the the father of the family of God in heaven and on earth. God doesn't have two families. He has only one family. One on the earth, one on the heaven. And I don't think the one in heaven is better than us. I think we have more grace than them. Because then they are resting. Us, you're still working. 
So they don't need grace upstairs there. Hallelujah. But we are one family. God brings us to his family. And then another thing, he says, go and teach them to observe everything. Now, this one I like because I like teaching. When I was young, and I used to t- think teaching is just passing information, then passing your attitudes, you know, good attitudes. Then I realized true teachers demonstrate. People will never obey what they have never seen. This became very real to me when we were working among the Somalis. We were doing evangelism. We met this lady, and she says, I want to become a believer. But I can't become because I don't know how Christians live. I've never seen Christians, how they live. I don't know how the husbands treat their wives. So I cannot become a Christian. You understand? Because they want to know what am I getting into. How will I be praying? So we decided, we talked among the missionaries, we agreed those days that we will not just be meeting these believers in church for Bible study, we'll bring them to our homes. So we stayed with two believers, a man and a woman, and up to today, they are strong Christians because they told us, okay, when they came to the house, she was educated. How do you read the Bible? I told her I read from page one to the last. She started reading from Genesis to Revelation. How do you pray? This is how you pray. You talk to God as a friend. Because if they have never seen it, they can't become it. That's why training is very important. Training helps you to show people what they can do. When someone is trained in taking film. You know, no one knew they could use their phone to make a documentary. But when they see it, they would do it. Whether it's extractions, whether it's uh, using uh, uh, technology, different kinds of... People have to see it. You have to demonstrate it. Even our Christian lives have to be demonstrated. People have to see Christ in us. Then they can live like Christians. But if we don't live like Christ, people will struggle with it. People will say, no, what yours?" I do. Your life does not match what the Bible says. And it's always interesting that unbelievers know how we should live. <laughs> yeah, they will tell you, no, no, Jesus never did that. Even if they have never read the Bible. <laughs> okay? Because people have to learn from pictures, models, examples. So this is why I believe when he says teach them to obey, they were supposed to demonstrate the gospel. Show them how I did it. Don't just teach them Show them. Show them how to minister to the sick. Show them how to evangelize. Show them how to reach their own people. And that's why training is a good component in, the, in our work. I just also want to stress uh, from the previous point when he says, no, be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son. One of the thing, things that characterize the Father is love. Jesus is grace and Holy Spirit is fellowship. Paul said it. Paul prayed that with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we really need. Love gives us identity. We know who you are when you know God the Father. Grace means you can live for the Lord. You don't have to prove anything. (laughs) He paid the price. Fellowship means you can communicate. Our God is a communicating God. He speaks in many ways. So we just need to tap into it. I want to finish by saying what the Bible says in verse 20. It says, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, This is a strange phrase because we know people say God is always with us. So I don't think he's saying this one. For him to specify, I will be with you always, he's talking about his manifest presence. Not just knowing he's around us, but as you obey, he will show himself to you to know that he is with you. I call it manifest presence. This is a place where you feel God. 
God is a person. He needs to be felt. Honestly, people, if I never felt God, I would never be a Christian. Honestly. You have to feel his love. You have to feel his joy and compassion. And as we serve him, there are days, most of us can testify, you'll be all alone, either traveling or praying or sharing the gospel, and you just feel the presence of God. Either it comes like peace, or it comes like a dove, you feel peace. If it's the love of God, you start crying. No one beat you, you just start crying. That is the love of God. Some people feel heat because God is warm. He's light. God, Jesus is light. Is it true? He says he's the light of the world. Light produces heat. <laughs> Some people feel warmth, feel someone hugging them. I think he's talk, this is what he's talking about. I will always be with you. You will feel me as you go. Sometimes you send angels, but I like it when he comes himself. Yeah, that is much better. Of course, angels can communicate like they did to Paul. They encouraged Paul when he was in prison. They encouraged Peter. And I know as we go, the Lord releases angels to minister with his people. But it's so good to know as I go for the kingdom, as I go to serve the Lord, there are days of experience. I remember there's a time, the first time I went to Burkina Faso, I didn't know anyone. I went to do a site visit. So I'm talking to people I don't know. So I went to the guest house. And I remember I was praying all, all alone. And I just felt the presence of God come in the room. Why? Because I was in a foreign land. I didn't know anyone. But the Lord knew I was there. Those are the times I really, really love the Lord. Or times when you're mourning, when a loved one has died. He comes and comforts us. When my mother died, I was in the mission fields. I never saw her. Which was, it, was a, it was painful for me because my desire was to go back home and my mom to see my grandkids, her grandkids. That was her prayer. It never worked. But in my morning, one month after, the Lord comforted me. He knew all about it. Actually, he knew if I knew that my mom had cancer, I would have never left Kenya because she had cancer. So the Lord hid it. My wife is a nurse. My sister-in-law is a medical doctor. I have friends who are doctors. We couldn't know whether our mom, mom had cancer or not because she lives in the village, so she didn't go for testing until it was too late. But looking back positively, the Lord knew if he had shown me, I'll have never left Kenya because my wife is a nurse. We need to take care of her. So he hid it from us so that we obey him. She was born again. She loved the Lord. So looking back, it helped me to even my pain the Lord will comfort us. You will experience law arm with you always. So that's my encouragement to you today. I just want us to pray. Okay. I know this is a mission conference. So I want to ask you, if the Lord has been challenging your heart to be involved in missions in a new way, and you want someone to pray for you, just come in front. God has maybe challenging you, God always challenges people. I want more, I want more, I want more. Because you need grace for where you're going. If you want someone just to pray for you, you can come in front as we finish. Let me pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you, Father, for the great commission that you have called us to something that is close to your heart. And I thank you that, Father, even as we spend time in worship, as we go with you, Lord, as we make disciples, as we train other people, Lord, we are grateful that, Lord, your manifest presence will always be with us. 
Thank you, Father, for that experience of knowing that we are never alone and we will never be alone. Even as we go to the dark places in the earth, in difficult places, in challenging situations, Lord, we thank you that your presence is always with us. So I pray for each one of us, even as we continue this journey with you, that Lord will experience more and more of you in our lives. We pray for an increase of your presence. We pray for an increase of encouragement. We pray for an increase of your peace. We pray for an increase of the joy that comes in participating in the work of redemption with you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Close out with a song that we did a couple of weeks ago, and um, it's a song of response to God. And um, it just felt like it was a really good song to close out the missions conference with because it asked, you know, here's who God is. What, are you, what is your response to that? So y'all listen to the words.
I was thinking about that in application in my own life. 
And if I'm busy worshiping the Lord, right, and I'm doing that on a regular basis, then I can't help but share. Right? It's just going to come out. Even to those people who say, I don't want to hear it. It's going to come out because we're so in tune with the Lord. And so I really appreciate uh, Francis this morning. Thank you for sharing with us. And all the Advanced 360 guys, uh, we really appreciate you being with us. And I didn't say this earlier, but it's wonderful to have uh, Brian and Karen come through um, grace and be sent out by the Lord and just to, to sing that song. And, you know, you don't know. I mean, who is it? Who's next, right? That's kind of how I look at it is who's next? Who else is the Lord going to call out uh, to go someplace maybe that they're not even thinking, well, I'm not, I'm not going to do that, right? But, but the, Lord, the Lord works all that out for His glory and His purpose. So um, it's good to see everybody today. One quick announcement. A week from tomorrow night will be a men's chili. They call it a cook-off. Um, just be careful, men, what you bring. You know what I mean? I mean, one time we had a chili cook-off, and it was supposed to be different levels of heat. Mild, medium, and hot. You guys remember that first one? And it went hot, hot, extra hot. So, um, anyway, somebody said amen to that. Uh, put, find, find a way to put shrimp in it. That'd be great, all right? Uh, so, let's stand and let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, as we were singing that last song, um, that word surrender there um, just hit me and then it says I will and so that's a big deal and um, that's not going to happen in our own strength uh, or in our own minds Um, Lord I I really believe as as Francis shared this morning that's going to come as we are closer in fellowship and intimacy with you um, then it's going to come. And I pray that you would help us each day to grow deeper in our relationship with you. And uh, that we might, Lord, through that, then not only see uh, who you are as Scripture tells us, but, but Lord, then be able to, because we're just so filled up, be able to express that to others that have no hope, that are lost and are dying. And um, just thank you so much for the ones that are here uh, with us this weekend, and I just pray, Lord, that um, you would bless their ministries. I pray that the focus of their ministry would continue to be the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to see people not only come to Christ, but Lord, to see them discipled. And so I just pray that you would help us, help us as uh, believers in Christ, if we know you this morning, help us to live for you uh, each day for your glory. And all these things we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. You're dismissed.